What's up, hardcore humans? Welcome to another episode of the Hardcore Humanism Podcast. Today, we are talking with musician, singer-songwriter, entrepreneur, and philanthropist, Linda Perry. Now, many of you know Linda as the leader of the band Four Non Blondes and their smash hit, What's Up? But Linda has also been a prolific songwriter for other artists for years, including writing hit songs such as Get the Party Started, which was performed by Pink, and Beautiful, performed by Christina Aguilera. Linda has been such an accomplished songwriter that in 2015, she was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Most recently, Linda has partnered with the Repost by SoundCloud marketing and distribution platform to develop independent artists. And she just helped curate the Rock and Relief concert series to raise money for CORE, a nonprofit organization dedicated to crisis response, including providing access to COVID vaccines and testing during the pandemic. Now, over the years, as I've heard more and more about everything Linda is doing, the word that always came to my mind was empowerment. It was always so impressive to recognize that she just kept working and in so many different ways on so many different levels. And in the Hardcore Humanism Therapy and Coaching Program, our goal is to empower you to find your purpose and work hard to achieve that purpose so that you can lead a fulfilling and authentic life. And when I hear about someone like Linda, I think that's exactly the type of person we want on the Hardcore Humanism Podcast. So we can learn some of the nuances of how someone like Linda is able to be so consistently productive and purpose-driven over the course of decades in her career. There's so much that we can take away from the conversation with Linda, but there are three major things that I want to highlight. The first is that Linda describes how, regardless of whatever barrier she faced, she is determined to keep going. And she discusses some tough issues that she's faced over the course of her life, including having an alcoholic parent and facing significant medical issues in her life. And this is so important when we are pursuing a purpose-driven life. The results we want may or may not always happen, but we have to keep putting in the effort to give ourselves the best chance to achieve our goals. In line with that concept, we actually recorded the podcast while Linda was working with her staff to set up for the Rock and Relief concert. And that is what you'll be hearing a little bit of in the background of the podcast. So it was really cool to see and hear Linda speaking with me while setting up for such a big event that's part of her philanthropic work. Second, we talk about how even though Linda is a hard charger and really kicks ass in her career, she tries not to lose sight of one of the most important things that drives an artist and philanthropist, which is empathy. And she talks about how she is empathic with and sensitive towards the feelings and needs of other people, even when they don't necessarily behave in the best ways. And this is particularly important for us as we become goal-oriented and purpose-driven. It becomes natural as we self-actualize and lead authentic and fulfilling lives to feel good and powerful. But we have to make sure that we don't lose sight of the fact that not everyone will feel empowered. And so we hope that as you become the hardcore human that you want to be, that you are still understanding and empathic towards others rather than critical and judgmental. And finally, and perhaps relatedly, Linda talks about one of the unfortunate downsides of being a driven and high-achieving person. As we push ourselves to succeed, we can run the risk of that enthusiasm and drive turning into self-criticism and despair if we don't achieve our goals. And hey, this is a natural thing to occur as we really go after our purpose-driven life. But we hope that just as you are understanding and empathic with others, you are similarly gentle and kind with yourself as you pursue your life goals. So let's listen to what Linda has to say.
So we have been talking about empowerment and how that is something that runs through your personal life, your songwriting and your art and your philanthropic work. And so let's just talk about when empowerment became something that you were aware of as a process in your life. Um, I feel like, um, you know, I'm a survivor. I don't mean to be a dramatic person, but I came in fighting and struggling. I was born, you know, 1052 in an elevator going up. You know, my, I had kidney problems when I was born. So I was in the hospital for a very long time. And um, so I think instantly I just came into this world fighting and I survived. And, and then on top of that, I was thrown some pretty harsh realities with my own family and going through abuse and torment and, you know, all that stuff. And so power is something you take. And um, that's what I decided very early on that in order for me to survive, I was going to have to step into my power. And I've been that way pretty much my whole life. And, you know, right now, looking back, you know, obviously you've had all the success and, you know, there's so many wonderful things that are happening by your own hand. Back then, though, there are so many people who, when they're faced with a similar circumstance, they, they don't find their power or they don't even think that they can find their power. And I'm kind of curious for you, like, what gave you the sense that it was even possible? to find your power at that point? Um, I don't know. I think that, you know, some people are just born with a certain something. I, I mean, I've always felt pretty special as a child, even though I was dealt, you know, not so favorable uh, situations. I felt very um, special and I, I'm an Aries. I'm Latin. And I'm short, so short Latin Aries, you know, pretty much are, it's fire, fire, and fire. And so I feel like, um, you know, it was not an option. There was no, oh, here, they're handing out power, or, or you can, you know, be a victim. You can be a survivor, you can be a victim. I'm not a victim. I own everything that's happened to me. I'll be accountable, but I don't dwell in it and I don't victimize myself. Um, so I don't look at it that way. I look at it again. Like I said, I went through some unfavorable conditions and I found myself uh, somehow psychologically being able to understand people's choices, you know, if my mother did something wrong to me, I had to look past what she was doing to me. I had to look at what was being done to her. And the same with everything. My father was an alcoholic. I had to look past it being personalized to me. It wasn't, he wasn't taking it out on me. It wasn't nothing personal. He was dealing with his own demons. So I don't know. I just, I'm, I have a lot of empathy. And that empathy has allowed me to be very um, sane in a very crazy world and crazy business on top of it, you know. I don't know. Like, you could threaten me. You could threaten to kill me today. And in a couple of days, I'll reach out to you and ask if you're okay. Like, that's just how I walk in life. And I believe that's how we are given power to ourselves 
Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that you're talking about, and you've said this in the press before, is that, you know, we're even watching, you know, this scene where you're directing this this big event. And, you know, again, that you've, you've described that you could be aggressive, you could be hard, but but people may not understand how sensitive you are. And and what you're describing here is something that I feel like is is a very powerful thing, which is that it's the sensitivity, it's the empathy that actually gives you the power. Because the ability to see to, to have someone say, well, I'm going to kill you. And now I'm going to actually wait to see a couple of days and then ask you if you're okay. That's a power that comes from empathy. Most people see those as different things, but I, I feel like they're, they're one in the same. And that's what I'm hearing from your story. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think it's exactly that. Like I said, I, I, you know, a great leader is somebody who gives people great responsibilities. Um, a great leader is someone who, knows that they're not great at this position. So they find somebody who is, I I feel like I've been able to not only give power to yourself, but give power to others. It's taken me a long time because that's a different type of thought process. You know, giving people power means you have to let go of ego. It means you have to feel confident that you you know, everybody wants to be the hero. Everybody does. In any good act, there's somebody who wants to be the hero that gets pat on the back. And I feel like even through this situation, like Brad Taylor, he's a hero to me because he brings in all this incredible passion and, and getting people to, you know, get our word out there. Karen Wackersleigh, my incredible assist, I can't even call her assistant because she's beyond that. Emily Valentine, or Emily, uh, oh, that's her old name, Emily um, Wynn Hughes, you know, she's incredible. Like these people are all powerful. But if I were a dick, I could take that power away from them in a snap because I'm almighty power when it comes to, to that. And I feel like that's the worst thing. That's how to, you know, empowering people is lifting and taking all accolades and all responsibility for everything that's happening. It's like not, it's not powerful. It's not light. It's not benefiting anybody but yourself and not really, it doesn't even benefit yourself. As you witnessed, I got a little, you know, agitated. And, and, I, and I don't feel good about that. So I have to constantly check myself around, you know, being too aggressive or forthright or, you know, putting somebody like, hey, you know, like, that's not where I told you to put that. Like, there's that there's nothing positive about that. That's just me hearing myself be loud and, you know, whatever. But see, that's the thing, you know, when, and, and it'd be actually good to talk about this a little bit. Cause I think one of the things that people struggle with, whether it's at work or parenting or even in your own life is that it's hard if you really care to not be kind of a little bit over the top or aggressive because if you care, you care. And, and, and I think that one of the things that sometimes people will do is they'll look at someone and they'll be like, Oh, you, you're being too much or you're being too aggressive. It's like, but this is apples and oranges because I care more than you do. Like you could give or take this situation, but I care about it. And if you care about something, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes you have to push it a little bit. Yes, it is true. You have to push it. Um, I'm passionate. 
Um, I'm very, very passionate. And to me, I have an OCD thing too, when it comes to, um, events, I do a lot of them and I do them really well. And I'm, you know, when I do the stage managing, my shows don't go late. They're on maybe five, 10 minutes over, but not like, you know, some of these events where they like go an hour late, you know, like my charities are spot on. You know why? Because no one really wants to be there. You know, nobody wants to be at a charity trying to give money. They want to have fun. So my job is to try to, you know, this live stream, I just want it to be perfect. I have these high expectations and that's where it becomes mentally and emotionally challenging for me because tomorrow when we start this, I know that I have a goal to reach. It's $1.5 million. That's what they need to provide some more mobile units across America. And um, on Sunday, when everybody is telling me how amazing this was, I'm going to wake up on Sunday beating myself up that I didn't reach my goal, that I saw mistakes, flaws. You know, it's going to eat me up and it's going to make me depressed. I mean, I already know this. I, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm not going to sit in my glory. There's no me sitting in my throne going, what an incredible day and successful. We reached $1.2 million. I just see the $300,000 that I didn't get. I see that we made a mistake. A band didn't show up on time. I messed up, you know, wording. You know, there was dead air. You know, that's all the stuff I'm going to be focusing on. So all the steps leading up to the event, I have to conduct. You know, I'm sitting here, I'm conducting right now this event and making sure the stage is properly set. The catering is where it's supposed to be. The porta potties and the sanitizing, all of these stations are properly put because to me, I can't bear myself the next day. I just can't. And that's where I'm really screwed up in the head is I will not pat myself on the back. But see, I, I, I disagree. I disagree a hundred percent. I feel like the problem is from a societal level is we constantly tell people to do everything moderate. We do tell people to chill out, to relax and nothing ever gets done by that in the exact same way that you would say, if someone says, I'm going to kill you, you would two days later, come back and say, Hey, how you doing? I think our job as a society to recognize that the only way things get done is if there are people like you doing those things. And what do they need to be okay? Not like what's wrong with them or right. And so that, if that question is like for yourself, like how do you take care of yourself during that time? And do other people recognize that if you're someone who's going to be an ass kicker, who's going to get something done on the magnitude that you have in your career, the magnitude of the show that you have to be like that. It's not going to get done otherwise. And how do you handle that? And how do the people around you, like, do you get the support that I think that when you're, um, you know, this type of personality, everybody thinks you're okay because you're ball buster, you're ass kicker. Look at Linda. She's strong. She doesn't need anything. The thing is, I rarely get anybody asking me how I'm doing, to be honest, but I don't care. I'm not looking for that. And I think it's really important to, that's where I'm just, you know, again, I'm just going to get the job done. And if I try to wait around for a pat on the back from other people, I'm going to be seriously disappointed because it's not going to happen. 
So I, I just bypassed that piece. Yeah. But it's like, to me, it's, it's, there's something that's very wrong about it. You know, there was this, there was this picture of Joe Frazier after his first Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali Frazier fight. And he was just sitting by himself. And it was so poignant. And you're talking about that. That's what's wrong. It's not that you feel that way. There's something wrong with the fact that we as a society don't support the people who get things done. We fundamentally, anything that's extreme, we fundamentally denigrate it just because it's outside the norm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think too, honestly, like I said, I'm a very motivated person. I got a lot of energy. I'm 55 years old and I have more energy at this age than I ever did in my 20s. And I think it's really important that, you know, again, there's normal, the normal people, you know, they don't have high expectations. They don't really go for the over the top. Like I'm literally a nutball. Like I could have just got four bands to say yes and come down here. But no, I think we have like something like 50 or 60 bands. Like it's ridiculous. I am an overachiever. I'm a workaholic. I'm constantly pushing and pushing and pushing, but it's just the way I am. And no way do I feel like everybody should be like that. And do I expect any, everybody to be like that? I wish I could be more like that. I wish I could lay back and not be so. Just one thing people are going to want to know, because there's a lot of people out there who are going to be listening and be like, well, I get extreme. I get intense. How do you bring it down? How do you take care of yourself at least after something like that? You know, you're sitting there, you're thinking about that $300,000 or whatever it is. How do you, how do you take care of yourself in a situation like that? Well, I don't, I think that's, you know, kind of what I'm trying to say is that it's, it's very hard for me to just, you know, like, okay, here's a great example of me. So I'll go on, uh, I'll want to go on a walk. A walk is very difficult for me because I need a goal. I need to set a site. I need a a place to go. So I'll be like, okay, well, I'm just going to go on a walk. Uh, I'm going to walk from here. So I'm going to walk from my house in Sherman Oaks, and I'm going to walk to uh, Sarah, my wife, ex-wife's house, which is in Hancock Park. So if you do the numbers, that's like an eight-mile walk. I will do it. Because what happens, as soon as I put it in my head, I have to do that walk. I can't cut corners. I can't take a shortcut. I got to do that walk. And then if I get to her house eight miles later, three hours later, and she says, hey, do you want to, I'm going to take roads on a walk. Do you want to go? I'll be like, yeah, okay. You know, I'll go on another two mile walk. Like I don't rest. I just beat myself up. I'm also that kind of person. I'll go on that walk with a pebble in my shoe and won't stop because I'll feel like a loser for being weak. You know, so that's what I'm saying. I'm one of those crazy people that doesn't take the time to take care of myself, but I go and I go and I go, but I feel good. Like something about it is giving me something because like I said, I have the energy of a 14 year old. Like I can get things done. I'm really clear. I'm really focused and I make things happen. So in a weird way, why change anything if I'm getting things done for other people? Living isn't for me. It isn't. You know, I don't look at life as me living it for myself. I'm really useful in this life. And so I'm just making my best at being of service and doing the best that I can for 
whatever purpose. But I'm not here to enjoy. Like I don't enjoy food. I don't. I don't have a lot of pleasure. <laughs> My food. I like vegetables. I don't like sauce. I don't like anything salt. I don't. You know, like that's what I eat. Like anything. If it's comfortable, I don't have anything to do with it. If it's uncomfortable, that's where I live. Yeah, but you get to have a life filled with art, with helping people, with relationships. Absolutely, and, that, and that that's so that's real. what I get. That's what I get in return. Is this beautiful? I love my life. I love it. I love it. All the struggles, all the ups and downs. And I'm very thankful that, you know, I'm able to do what I do. And I'm really thankful that I haven't given in to my demons. And, um, you know, and I fight past it and I keep going. I'm one of the people that benefits from the extreme nature of the work you do. And I'm glad we're going to have a chance to amplify it. And uh, thank you so much. Best of luck with everything. I hope we get a chance to talk again. Appreciate it. Bye, Mike. So there you have it. Linda Perry talking about empowerment. Her relentless hard work and her ongoing empathy for others is inspiring. And I really appreciate her willingness to share her struggle with self-criticism. The same self-criticism that many driven and accomplished people unfortunately face. And so, as we build our own purpose-driven lives, we can learn from Linda and try to emulate her hard work and empathy while being careful that as we are empowering others, we make sure to be empathic towards ourselves. I want to thank my wife and Hardcore Humanism co-founder, Island Booman, for editing and producing this podcast, and my brothers in Odd Zero for letting us use Odd Zero music. If you like what you hear in the podcast, go to our website and sign up for our weekly newsletter. And if you'd like to take the next step and make changes in your life, check out the Hardcore Humanism Therapy and Coaching Program at HardcoreHumanism.com. So get at it, Hardcore Humans. See you next time.